It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you, as always, by Inside the Penguins. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, joined, as always, by Nick Horwat, and the Pittsburgh Penguins offseason continues to roll along. Horwat, we are, what, three months away from September? Is that where we're at right now? So three months away from the start of next season, still many, many answers to be had when it comes to the Pittsburgh Penguins, especially on their roster but the one thing that we've seen the last couple of seasons is that the Pittsburgh Penguins always have a prove it player usually it is a veteran that is brought in on a one-year contract to prove their worth to prove that they are worthy of remaining in the National Hockey League if you look back at 2020-21 season that player was Cody Ceci He came onto the Pittsburgh Penguins on a one-year, $1.25 million contract, played preliminarily on a D-pairing with Mike Matheson, which we all thought was going to be absolutely horrendous, and it turned out to be our second-best D-pairing that entire season. Earned him a massive deal with the Edmonton Oilers, four years at $3.25 million a season, but a great prove-it year for Cody Ceci with the Penguins. Then you look back at this past season. I say it was Danton Heinen. One year, $1.1 million contract, 76 games played, 18 goals, 33 points, and 15 even strength goals. I would love to see Danton Heinen back, but I do feel like it's probably not going to happen because he proved that he could do it. He was almost a 20-goal guy as a preliminarily third-line, sometimes even fourth-line player, and I'm sure he's going to command a decent pay increase. So I'd love to see him back if he's not it would make a little bit of sense to me. So if you want to see why bringing him back would be so great, go check out our buddy Jacob Puntori's article on InsideThePenguins.com on why the Penguins need Danton Heinen back for next season. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'd love to see it happen, and Jacob outlines all the reasons why. So that begs the question, Horwat, and I know I haven't given you a second to speak here, just went straight into it. Who is the Penguins' prove-it player for 2022-23? Is he already on the roster? Is he a free agent? Is there any names that you have in mind? Names that I have in mind. Man, it's hard to just predict the future on stuff like this. But I think, uh, for what it's worth, Jesse Pugliarvi is a guy I have an eye on. Now, Mm -hmm. I think a trade might need to be involved there. Or if the Oilers let him walk, you you can pick him up in free agency. There's a lot of things that could go on there. Uh, but that has been a skittish relationship with him in Edmonton for a long time now. Uh, we can think back to the double hip surgery that had to... It was almost Jack Eichel. The team almost didn't let him get it. There was a bunch of nonsense going on there. Uh, he, he popped back in this season and played fairly decently. I wrote a whole story on this. that Why not mm-hmm. give him the shot? Because a lot of times what players need uh, is just a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. Uh, why not take the flyer? Take the one-year chance on it to see if something comes from it because at this point, he's a former fourth overall pick, I think. Uh, third or fourth, something stupid high. 
mm-hmm. that clearly has not panned out to that level of production. Mm-hmm. But if the Penguins, no matter what they decide to do with guys like Latang and Malkin, what the cap space may look like, you can get a guy like Jesse Pugliarvi for cheaper. and He can be your depth option now. He can play alongside Danton Heinen. He can play underneath Danton Heinen if he needs to. There is a solid depth piece there that, again, he, it's not the fourth uh, fourth overall pick level anymore. But um, if we need a small depth piece like a Danton Heinen type who can come in for a year, prove it to himself, and prove it to a team that he can still do something in this league, um, that's a perfect situation for him, especially mm-hmm. coming off of a pretty decent year. I'm trying to remember the numbers. I just have to find them. But... I think he's got a great chance at uh, pulling that sort of thing off. He's mm-hmm. primed for just new territory and making it look easy. He's a huge kid. He's also only 24, I think. I have to find all the stuff now. Uh, sorry. Yeah, 24. Just turned 24. He's 6'4", 201. He's a tall kid, so you can even be at net front presence if you need him to. Uh, mm-hmm. Banging in 14 goals and 22 assists this past season for 36 points. Again, that is not fourth overall caliber. But I think we're all past him hitting that potential just because of the start of the career he had. It was kind of very up and down, and maybe that was an organization. Maybe that was the organization's fault. But regardless, it's uh, not much you can look past anymore. I think the thought of him hitting that fourth overall potential is gone. But him being a solid depth piece in this for next season, being a Danton Heinen type, where it's come in for a year prove it in some way shape or form that you can still cut it and go from there i think he's primed for that so my first option would be because you can do this regardless of what the of the what the roster looks like a jesse pulley rb type if i had to pick someone from within it's a little harder maybe po joseph mm-hmm. yeah and honestly for him i kind of put him in the category of prospects that haven't had their chance yet because even though P.O. Joseph has played a couple of games, just a handful, really, maybe two handfuls of games with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He hasn't really been given that shot to be able to be like, all right, you're, this is your prove-it year. You did something before. You kind of fell off the rails a little bit, but you need to get propped back up. You're going to get an opportunity here. Like I said, it was, it was great for Danton Heinen. It was great for Cody Ceci. If I'm looking inside the inside the Penguins organization, which is where I think this guy is going to come from, and I can logically see it happening, he is a restricted free agent right now for the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's Alex Nylander. The Penguins initially acquired Nylander back from the Blackhawks in exchange for Sam Lafferty. He's a restricted free agent, but he had a really good season down in Wilkes-Barre after being acquired by the Penguins. 44 games played, he had 30 points, including 14 goals. I think this is a a nice option for the Penguins to potentially be a third liner to start out the season next year. He's a guy that was drafted high by the Buffalo Sabres, lost favor in Buffalo after playing a couple years there, never really was given an opportunity to truly succeed in Chicago. He was actually force-fed to the top of the lineup when he was not ready, which is even worse than not giving a guy an opportunity in the first place. And now he came to Pittsburgh and they slow played it. They said, you're going to play out this year. It was injury relief, but also he needed that confidence again. And it seemed like he started to gain it in Wilkes-Barre last season. I would be surprised if they didn't get him back under contract for next season. And I think that Alex Nylander is a perfect candidate to be the Penguins' prove-it player next year. You're right. I didn't even think of a guy like that. Come on. 
We sh- that's sad because I should be thinking of a guy like him because he has NHL caliber again. He may not hit that eighth overall potential anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the same draft, isn't it? That's the pool RV one. That's the pool RV. I'm not oh, sure. Man. Yeah, there's a parallel right there. We didn't plan that. Right. No, that's wild. And they're also only like a month a month apart. Alex Nylander is only like a month older. But we've seen Alex Nylander play in the NHL before. Again, he was forced into the top line in Chicago, like you said. But as a 21-year-old playing in Chicago, still picking up 26 points isn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just needs the right scenery. And I, you're right. Pittsburgh might be a good option for that. I remember when we got him, I thought... Suddenly, he jumps to the front of the line at call-ups because he has the NHL experience, and we've seen it before. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, he didn't, though, and I think no. I think he should have been. I think he should have been first in line as the first guy in, just because, if, again, like if we were using the taxi squad still, I think that's probably where he would have sat because he has this NHL experience. He still has time to develop. He's only 24. Mm-hmm. We just need to see where it goes. I think pulling him in can do it it's he doesn't have much development left i guess uh so the taxi squad would have been a good spot for him i think he should have been the first one in rather than i mean i'm not saying he's better or worse than redeem zahorna but he ha- definitely has a bit more of a uh bit more of a resume bit more of a resume has been there has played with big names before can probably mm-hmm. do it again uh, i like where this can go i like where the idea of uh, Alex Nylander can go. I hope he sticks around too because I do want to see him get used here in Pittsburgh. So it's I like that idea too. I didn't even think of it because again, I shouldn't have forgotten he was on this team. Yeah, well, I can't give myself all the credit for thinking of that because it came up in a conversation I had with our buddy and friend of the show, Richard Blosser. I was on his series Game Over talking about the Penguins being eliminated from the playoffs. And he brought it up because he covers the Hershey Bears. So clearly he he has an eye on the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton Penguins. And he said, listen, a guy like Nylander, he played really well. I mean, he was a terror to the Hershey Bears this season. And I think what you said there is you expected him to almost be that first call-up once the Penguins acquired him because that's really what Sam Lafferty was. He was he was the go-between guy between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton Penguins. So the fact that Nylander wasn't, I think it is just kind of a little peek into what Hextall's plan was for him because he was it's not like he wasn't performing. He was. I think what Hextall saw was, listen, in Chicago, he was force-fed to the NHL. He was force-fed to the top six. It was not going well. He needed a factory reset, basically. And I think that's what Hextall gave him last year. A factory reset, go down to the AHL, figure his game out a little bit, find some success there. Like I said, 14 goals, 30 points. And then next season, he's going to have an opportunity. Now, I'm not saying he's guaranteed a spot on this team, but I'm sure that they're going to sign him back and he's guaranteed to at least have a chance to make that opening night lineup. And a third-line winger, that's a perfect spot for a guy like Alex Nylander, who has offensive upside, who has NHL experience, who has that pedigree as a top 10 NHL draft pick. He just hasn't been able to put it all together yet. And that's exactly what these Penguins prove-it players have been. Cody Ceci was not given the correct opportunity. He was force-fed to the top pairing in Toronto. Comes to the Penguins, they use him properly, boom, he has one of the best seasons of his career. Same thing with Heinen. It's not that he was being incorrectly used in Anaheim, it's just the system didn't fit him. He comes to the Penguins, gets the opportunity, boom, almost has a 20-goal season. Nylander, I think, fits this mold absolutely perfectly. 
You're right. He could just fit right in. It's it's not so much that these are bad players that we're acquiring, it, like you said, in the CC or a Heinen situation. It is we're putting them into a, we're using them correctly. You know, mm-hmm. CC, the, his issue with Ottawa and Toronto is he was just getting overplayed. Toronto had him on the first line. What are you doing? Yeah. That is not where he goes. That has never been his position. We popped him down to the third. He started taking. He started playing much better. He had to move up to the second, where he still played fairly decently, so we enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Danton Heinen, I, I don't know exactly how he was getting used in Anaheim, but again, that could have been the system and the very not good team around him. Because mm-hmm. he played fine in Boston. We, and that's the that's the Danton Heinen we got. We got the Boston Danton Heinen. I said before the season, if you could dig that clip up, I said before the season started, if we can get the Boston Bruins Danton Heinen, that is a that is a successful acquisition. And so far, so good. He's played more along the lines of the Boston Danton Heinen than the Anaheim one. So mm-hmm. it's the system that we're playing him in. It is not about getting bad players or acquiring guys that have had skill sets before but it is putting the correct guys in the correct system that is what has worked mm-hmm. before uh, and it's hard to tell as us as outsiders kind of looking at we don't know exactly what the penguin system is you know we don't know the ins and outs the x's and o's that are told to these guys every day at practice but we can see enough on the ice to kind of predict what would fit in well and just not overplaying guys in the cc case not or in the Heinen case, just not overplaying them. And then, if you need to, underplay them when they're underperforming. Yeah. So, it's about picking in the right guys for the right system. Nylander might be able to fit, and if you use Paul Yarby correctly, I, again, I don't know, I don't remember where he played in in uh, Edmonton this past playoffs. Well, they, they were all over the place because they had Dreisaitl McDavid together. They had Dreisaitl McDavid apart. Their, their lineup was all over the place this postseason. Uh, but you can remember when... He started playing in the NHL. He was utilized. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd utilize him too. He's a fourth overall pick. Yeah. And then that's Seward. So maybe he's just a third line guy here in Pittsburgh. Again, I don't remember exactly where he played because Edmonton's such a weird team. You, you you said two names, and yet they had three more that can really perform in mm. Evander Kane, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Zach Hyman now. So maybe Pooley was bumped to the bottom six be- just because of the weird line that they have now, but mm-hmm. maybe that's where he's best utilized. Mm-hmm. When I look at the, the list of free agents on Cap Friendly, there's only one other name that really jumps out to me, and it's not really a guy that I would say is a really good fit for the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's not a guy that I think is a really great fit for the prove-it player, but it's a guy that if the Pittsburgh Penguins acquired him, it would kind of go along the same lines. And that's Callie Yarncroke. He was taken in the expansion draft by the Seattle Kraken, then shipped off to the Calgary Flames. He's 30 years old. He plays every forward position, which is exactly what Mike Sullivan likes to see. He likes those guys that can go from center to wing and can go on either wing. It would help with uh, flexibility in the lineup. But he only had 30 points last season in 66 games. That's a decent number. But when you look at a guy like Callie Yarncroke, he was a player that at times was thought to be potentially a top six caliber guy for the Nashville Predators. And if he's only scoring 30 points and 12 of them being goals in 66 games, that's a lot more the lines of a bottom six guy. Now, is that just what Callie Yarncroke is? Maybe. But can the Penguins try to get a little bit more juice out of him, similar to what they did with Heinem? Get him closer to a 20-goal guy. Maybe that is a player that you could do that. And also, last season, he made $2 million against the cap. 
He, so a 30 goal, a 30 point season, a 30 goal season would be different. 30 point season, you're not really going to be commanding much more money and a bigger raise than $2 million. So it's a cheap option. It's somebody that I wouldn't be surprised if he was on the Penguins radar. I don't know if he is because I just don't have that. I haven't heard his name. But when it comes to the parameters of the Penguins prove it player, I think he fits in not as well as Alex Nylander, but I think he fits in as well. He could fit in, yeah. <clears throat> it's a name that we're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like you said, he plays all three of the forward positions. That's usefulness. That is that is utility. Yeah. Uh, I like the name. And there's as I flip through the free agents, there's a ton of notable, not high caliber forwards, but a ton of notable forwards that can fill in anywhere and slip into all kinds of spots on, on, on any lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, just to... Well, I guess quickly rattle off a few. Again, not the high-ranking ones, not the Forsbergs, not the Goudreaux, but there's um, – who do I see? I see there's an Andrew Kopp out there. If anybody wants to take the flyer, cool. old man Paul Stasny. Um, I I don't know why I almost said Ricard Raquel. If, if he wasn't here, yeah, Ricard Raquel. Victor Rask will be out there. Uh, Ryan Strom mm-hmm. will be out there. There's a bunch of, like, middle-road guys that are going to be available, so – Hopefully, it doesn't have to be the splash deal for us. As much as I want to see us make a splash deal, guy or two like that, or even below guys that I just said there, solid options for a team like this who need the to fill type holes. of play. Yeah, the type of player that I'm expecting Ron Hextall to sign is the exact players that he's been signing since he came over. You know, getting a guy like Mark Freeman off of waivers, signing guys like Heinen and McGinn last year. A guy like Tyler Mott is probably the most expected angle that Hextall is going to go. If you go historically, he's looking for guys like a Tyler Mott, maybe an Andrew Kopp. I think that's still a little highbrow, not highbrow, but it's a little bit more of an unexpected move if they bring in a guy like that. Listen, I'd love Andrew Kopp. I, I really enjoyed watching him in Winnipeg, but at the end of the day, I think the best option for a lot of these guys, especially if they bring in one of those high guys that you said, you know, Giroux, Forsberg, which is very out of the realm of possibility, but even if they sign a Malkin back and a Tang back, you're going to have to rely on, as we've said all offseason, the young guys. And part of that young core, maybe even the guy that's leading the charge, is Alex Nylander. Like, I like Drew O'Connor, and I think he's going to make the roster, but Drew O'Connor's a fourth liner. If you're looking for somebody to go higher in the lineup and be that guy that's already in the organization and is a proven player, I think Alex Nylander fits that bill. You're totally right. Totally right about that. Again, feeling from within is always good, too. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take a quick break. When we return, you know, we're going to play a little Name That stat line. It's a a segment that we like to bring up every once in a while because, one, when there's nothing else going on, it's fun to play. And, two, it's nice to look back at some of the performances of Penguins Pass. So we're going to do that right after this commercial break. Gentlemen, Father's Day is just around the corner, and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, which includes their signature Lawnmower 4.0, is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. This right here is no dad joke. Treat him and yourself and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ALLSTEALERS at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad bod will thank you. The Stanley Cup Finals are almost here, but let's keep the playoff beards above the belt this season. 
Manscaped is designed with fathers in mind and the Performance Package 4.0 is here just in time for your pop's special day. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawn Mower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and Travel Bag to hold all his goodies. But wait, there's more. Manscaped just launched their brand new Boxers 2.0 that, dare I say, are the best boxers ever. Whether he's mowing the lawn, taking out the trash, or golfing in the sun, these moisture-wicking boxers breathe without breaking a single sweat. Dads, buy this for yourself. Sons, buy this for you and your dad. Ladies, buy this for your man. And doggy daddies, you deserve this treat too. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ALLSTEALERS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code ALLSTEALERS. Shake what your mama gave you. Nah, shake what your daddy gave you. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by Inside the Penguins. We're going to finish off this episode a little bit of a shorter episode with a little name that stat line, a segment in which I bring a stat line in a certain year, and Horowat gets three guesses to try and attempt to figure out which Pittsburgh Penguin I'm talking about. He does also get a couple hints, but we all try to do it without the hints, right, Horowat? Always. Always try to do it. So the last time we did it, I'm pretty sure you were three for three. It's been a while. It's been a minute, yeah. But this one is because we're almost to the end of the Stanley Cup Finals and Stanley Cup Playoffs. So this is the Stanley Cup Playoffs edition of Name That Stat Line. These stat lines are from the entirety of a playoff season for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And just to keep it fun, all five, count them five of them this time, will be one from each of the Pittsburgh Penguins Stanley Cup Championship victories. So we're going to mix them up, throw them in the scrambler, Mm -hmm. and we're going to start with 1992 Horwath. The stat line is 21 games played, 13 goals, and 28 points in the 1992 Stanley Cup playoffs, in which the Pittsburgh Penguins won the Stanley Cup over the Chicago Blackhawks. You said 21 games? 21 games played. How many did we play that se- that year? That had to be that was the year, one. That was the year the Pittsburgh Penguins won, I believe, 11 straight games. Yeah. To finish. Would they have hit 10 before then? Yeah, that has to be that has to be the entire series, the entire playoffs, and all 21. Uh, 13 goals. I'm just gonna go Yarmir Yager. That is incorrect. You have two more guesses. Yarmir Yager. Would have been an option, but I didn't want to go that easy. Oh, not that easy? Ron Francis. That's also not correct. You have one guess left. And you have a couple of hints if you want to use either of them. Nah, because the hints give it away, and I like some challenges. Maybe I'll use hints okay. later. <laughs> yeah. So you got one guess left. 1992, 21 games played, 28 points, and 30, or 13 goals. The thing is, he, so I'm assuming he played in every game, so it's taking Lemieux out of it for me. Because I just don't assume Lemieux played all, every game in any playoff. <laughs> That's probably a pretty safe assessment. Uh, and 92, so I couldn't. So I'm not throwing Recky in there. But maybe it was Rick Tockett. Rick Tockett is your final answer? Yes. Rick Tockett is also incorrect. Okay. 
1992 playoffs, 21 games played, 13 goals, 28 points. Kevin Stevens. That, that makes more sense. That makes a ton yeah. of sense. If you would have thrown penalty yeah. minutes in there, it would have nailed it. Here's the thing. When you go over a point a game, usually you think, oh, it could be a lot of players. But with the 1991 and 92 Penguins, there's a lot of players that went over a point a game. So Kevin Stevens being one of them, that was the correct answer. Horwat, you're 0 for 1. Hopefully, we'll see if you, at home, if you're listening to this and you're trying to play along and be honest about it, let us know how you did on this. Let us know if you got it correctly in three guesses. Horwat, currently you're 0 for 1. Let's move to 2009 then. The 2009 Stanley Cup playoffs, the Pittsburgh Penguins ran the gauntlet for the first Stanley Cup championship of the Sidney Crosby era. They beat the Detroit Red Wings in seven games. The anniversary of that was about a week and a half ago. So in that playoffs, this player played in 24 games, had 14 goals, and 36 points. Okay, so 24 is all of the games again. Mm-hmm. How many? Wait, read that one more time. 24 games, 14 goals, and 36 points. 36 and 24, is that uh, Malkin's Conn Smythe victory? That is correct. Yeah. Evgeny Malkin did have that stat line. 24 games played, 14 goals, 36 points, including one assist in Game 7 against the Detroit Red Wings, taking home the Conn Smythe trophy that postseason. So you're one for two. Stupid stat line. I think it was 36 points in 2009 against... Excuse me. Four. You gotta remember, he blew up in the Carolina, Carolina series. It was only four games. Yeah, he had a hat trick for sure in in one of those games. Game two, I believe it was. Yeah, because it was it was on home ice at the Igloo at that point. Yeah, because he beat Matt Cullen on the faceoff. Oh man, always nice to go back and watch those. I don't know. Maybe I should watch Pittsburgh is home again. They just adver- they just tweeted about it not that long ago. That might be why I thought yeah. about it. But uh, so. You're one for two. Let's go back into the 90s. Let's talk about 1991, the first ever Stanley Cup championship for the Pittsburgh Penguins, taking down the Minnesota North Stars. Everybody obviously remembers Lemieux's goal on Casey, the iconic goal. This player, however, had 24 games played in that season, that playoff season, scored 10 goals, but had 34 points. In... 24 games. Again, I believe that's all of them. Mm-hmm. So again, not Lemieux. <laughs> yeah, it is not Mario Lemieux. Plus, I basically just said it wasn't Mario Lemieux in my in my speech there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> plus, why? Plus, Mario is just the easy answer. Uh, yes. Okay, so you 34 points in 24 games, and it's not Kevin Stevens because I doubt you use the same player twice. So I'm gonna go back to the old, go back to the old well of Yarmir Yager. <laughs> no, it is not Yarmir Yager. Uh. Oh, you know what? I'm going to say Mark Recchi because I didn't say him in the last one. It is Mark Recchi. The Wrecking Ball had 10 goals and 34 points in 24 games played. That was the first ever Stanley Cup playoff season for Mark Recchi, but his third season overall for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He went on to win Stanley Cups with three different franchises. Horwath, bonus question. Can you name the other two teams Mark Recchi won a Stanley Cup with? Boston and Carolina. There you go. That was an easy one. You don't actually get bonus credit, but you are two for three in this name that stat line. Let's move up to 2017. 
the 2017 Stanley Cup Finals. Of course, the Pittsburgh Penguins taking down the Nashville Predators on a great back-to-back -back performances from Matt Murray, who just popped up as a buyout candidate on Frank Saravalli's Daily Faceoff oh, no. <laughs> article. So uh, maybe Matt Murray a return to Pittsburgh? No. Let's hope not. That's, that's, uh, that's a, no thanks. That, that's, that's, a, that's a hard no. But in that 2017 postseason, this player played in 25 games, scored 13 goals, and totaled 21 points. 21 and you said 25? 21 points in 25 games played. We played 25 games in playoffs. Oh, yeah. Yes. 7, 7, 6, 5. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. 21 points in 25. Mm -hmm. Jake Gensel. It, it was Jake Gensel. <laughs> I didn't even, I that totally was... forgot the number of goals you said. That should have been the giveaway. The 13 goals? 13. Yes. Yeah, your guesses for that one was actually probably the best guesses. You probably would have gotten... Would you have gotten this answer correctly if I would have said played in the USHL for the Sioux City Musketeers in 2012-13? No. Would that, would that have helped at all? Oh, maybe. If I would have thought deeply about it. And then the second was son of a ho college hockey there coach. There it is. Son of you a coach. You would have gotten that one. Coach's son. Yeah. Coach's son, Jake Gensel. That was his first ever season that's why he became playoff jake gensel and uh you're three for four out of nowhere 75 or 750 batting average if that's how you want to play it so one left can you continue this winning streak you've gotten two in a row Horwat, can you finish it off on a high note the 2016 stanley cup playoffs the pittsburgh penguins return to prominence against the san jose sharks winning it in the shark tank 24 games played. Four goals, 18 points. Four goals, 18 points. All right, four goals. Mm -hmm. Who didn't score a lot? I'm thinking defenseman. Because <laughs> you said 18 points and 20. Chris Letang. It is not Chris Letang, no. And you do have hints. You haven't used a hint yet. I will use you one of them on one. this one just because I want to hear a hint. Okay, your hint is... This player has now played in 13 NHL seasons. Has now played in 13. Four goals. 13. Mm -hmm. What year is it now? <laughs> 2022. <laughs> I don't know. Are you trying to subtract to get to his draft year? Or are you, are you somebody of. that knows people has based now on draft played. year? Ah, that, I don't know if that really helps. <laughs> well... It's played in 13. Yeah, because I can't do math right now. I'm... <laughs> that would be the 2009 NHL draft. 2009, okay. <laughs> I don't know why my head is going to be like, 2001. What? That's oh, wait, no. Right. Two, 2008, because technically we haven't had the draft yet. Yeah. Four goals, though. Only four goals, but he did have 18 points. Yeah, he did. Damn. It's slightly hard. Who was on that team? <laughs> yeah. It, it, there, there was a lot of players on that team. 20, to be exact, that usually played. Okay, four goals. I just need to go back to the well here. Yeah, you, you, got, two, you got two left. You do have another hint. Dead giveaway hint. <laughs> it is the dead giveaway hint. Dead. I'll take it. Dead giveaway hint. I don't want to keep running this long. You don't need to see me sitting here struggle. <laughs> He played on the famous HBK line in 2016. Was it Phil Kessel? It was not Phil Kessel. Okay. 
Phil Kessel had two goals in game six against the Capitals. Yeah, so I know. That's why I was like, there's no... Four. I, I, well, when you said four so there's goals, two, yeah, I immediately took out all three of those guys. Interesting. Um, because guess what? Now you have one guest left and two players left on that line. Yeah. Damn. Four goals. Who scored the least on that? Nick Benino. It was Nick Benino. I, I don't think he scored the least. I, I think he scored more than, than Carl Hagelin. I don't think Hagelin had more than four goals. We'll have to go back and check the tapes on that one. But that is Nick Benino. Only four goals, one of which being the famous Bonino, Bonino, Bonino overtime winner against the Washington Capitals in Game 6. And, and Horwat, just like that, you got four out of five correct. Are you happy with your performance? Do you think you could have done a little bit better? Do you regret not saying Kevin Stevens in the first one? That's that's the only one that separated you from a perfect performance. Here. I my biggest regret is saying Phil Kessel for my second answer, even after the hit, because uh, he I forgot he led the team in playoff scoring that year. He should have <laughs> won the uh, Conn Smythe Trophy with ten goals and twelve assists. <laughs> Nick Benino four fourteen. Carl Hagelin six ten. He had six goals. Yeah. That's, so whenever you said four goals, I immediately took out the HBK line, but also put Nick Benino back in my head because I thought he was the one that scored the least. But then I remembered the goal you mentioned. Plus, I think he did that at least one more time. He scored in game one of the Stanley Cup Finals, the game winner with two minutes left. Yeah, so I was immediately like, okay, well, there's still that possibility of him having more than I'm not remembering. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so... That's the one I put back into my head. That's why I don't. Again, I don't know why I said Phil Kessel. That was my big <laughs> dumb mistake. You just thought 2016 Kessel. Well, I. <laughs> I you know. did say who was on the team, and you were not wrong that Kessel was on the team. He just scored more than Nick Benino did. Right. Where? How many? Crystal Tang also had three goals to 12 assists. So my first guess. That was, was kind of close. That was that was kind of close. I don't know. Tom Kunockle. <laughs> See. I don't know. I don't remember what he did. Two, three. I know he, two and three. Yeah, I, he clearly was not going to be the one that had 18 points. But uh, that is the end of Name That Stat Line. The answers were Kevin Stevens from 1992, Evgeny Malkin's playoffs in 2009, which netted him the Conn Smythe Trophy, Mark Recchi in 1991, Jake Gensel in 2017, and Nick Bonino in 2016 let us know how you did did you go five for five did you go oh for five in which case you might want to brush up on your penguins history we should do this more often or what yeah absolutely prove prove our prove our knowledge a little bit well your knowledge i just kind of sit back and 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 play as the taskmaster <laughs> that's fine but that that's gonna do it for this episode of the tip of the iceberg thank you guys so much for tuning in hopefully everybody is enjoying the stanley cup finals as much as we are but that's going to do it for this one we'll see you guys next time have a great week penguins fans you can follow the hosts on twitter at nick horwatt 41 and at nick underscore berlansky you could also follow the show's twitter handle at iceberg podcast Listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts from or watch us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins. This show is brought to you by SI Fan Nation and InsideThePenguins.com.